you have your Bibles, we're going to turn in the word of the Lord. I feel a quickening and a confirmation in my spirit. We're going through a series called Why. We talked about why worship for a couple weeks. And last week we started Why Holiness. Everyone say holiness. And as I mentioned the other week, there's a few words out there that get people nervous in uh, Christianity. You start talking about finances, people get all squirmy and weird and uncomfortable. You start talking about, you know, submission, people get squirmy, weird, and uncomfortable. You start talking about some uh, demonstrative, expressive praise and worship, people get uncomfortable. And you talk about holiness, people get uncomfortable. I mean, there's other things that can cause discomfort in a church service as well. But these are some very common ones that people don't have a firm grasp or understanding about. And we are going to, I'm basically feeling to do each lesson for two lessons, but today we're going to do something. I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost. And I felt I had a whole lesson prepared uh, for for today and that I was going to go through in our Bible study because these past few Sundays we've been doing a Bible study. But when I was in the prayer room before service, God just started working on my mind. And I, I, I pray, I say, God, I want to be sensitive to you. I want to do what you want me to do. As I walked into my office, as I finished up praying, God just started talking to me. And uh, this is about all I got right here <laughs> is some really chicken scratch. But in the event that you think I'm I'm lying and I uh, made it up, I'll let you check my notes here that I had a whole lesson for here today. But this is in the vein of holiness. And I'm just going to make a few remarks and we're going to pray. And I believe God's going to confirm his word. And holiness... We read in Hebrews 12, 14, in verse 15, this was our opening verse from last week concerning this topic, this subject matter. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. That's enough reason for us to know why we should be into this thing called holiness. Without holiness, nobody is going to see the Lord. The Bible says no man has seen God's face and lived. And yet this God who the Bible says is holy says for us to be holy because he is holy. And how can we aspire to something that is so impossible for us to accomplish in our flesh alone? But yet the Bible says to do it, to be holy because he is holy, to follow peace with all men and holiness. And without it, we cannot see the Lord. And to look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many, someone say many, many people are defiled. If we fail to walk in God's grace, we will fail from God's grace. And this walk of grace is a call to holiness. And I'm just going to try to convey to you a couple quick things that I felt the Holy Ghost just impress on my heart. When you think about this holy God, remember, in the beginning of time, there was nothing, there was, there was nothingness. It was just a, a big abyss. But there was a holy God who created all things that you see. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so there was things not seen, but by faith we believe that God spoke all of this into 
existence. And God spoke this and it was perfect. God saw it and it was good. He made Adam, he made Eve, and they were without sin in the garden. But here, Adam and Eve were able without sin to walk with God, this holy God. And people get all weirded out about this concept of holiness. But he is a holy God. And this holy God has given us his holy word. And this holy God has given the holy word, has given us a holy church. And he gave us a holy spirit. And he is surrounded by holy angels. We ought not to stray around from a holy subject called holiness. It is who God is. But we can be intimidated by this holy God because he is holy. He is perfect. He is sacred. He is pure. As we talked about the definition of holiness, a pure, sacred God without any error that is set apart from anything else that you can conceive in your mind. But Adam and Eve sinned, and now there is this chasm between God and man. And when man was separated from God, we see the effects of an unholy life in the, the, the contrast of a holy God. We have Cain who kills his brother, and he is forever an outcast for the rest of his life. We have Achan, this one man in the Bible who simply just did one mistake. He basically was obeying, doing everything right, but he decided just to hold back some things. He, he took some goods that God said not to take, and he hid them in his tent. And because this man stole, because this man had just something called greed, it cost him his life. It cost him his wife's life. It cost him all of his children's life. All of them died. Not only that, but God, this holy God said, I want there to be a holy day set apart for me and me alone. This day is the Sabbath day. It is holy unto the Lord. And God says, I don't want you to labor on that day. I want that to be a day of rest. And in the Old Testament, there was a man on that holy day of rest. He picked up some sticks and because he was found working on a holy day, the Bible says they caught that man and they asked God what to do. They know what they knew what God said about this day, but they had never come in contact with somebody that disobeyed God concerning this day. And they said, God, what do we do? And God said, put him to death. And this man was stoned to death for picking up sticks. You think about that boy found in the Bible who talked back to his parents in the Old Testament and cursed his mom and dad. And, and all of a sudden, this boy was stoned to death for that. You read in your Bible about two men of God that were aspiring ministers and began to operate in the house of God. And they decided just to do something different in church, they brought strange fire into the house of God. And when Nadab and Abihu, these two men, these two aspiring ministers, these sons of a priest, all of a sudden now fire consumes them because they disobeyed God. Then you read about Uzzah. We talked about him a few weeks ago in worship when they were bringing back the ark of God. And prior to this moment, see, the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it into their land. And, and, and so the children of Israel wanted that back. And the Philistines were getting diseased and all this kind of stuff. And so they tried to relocate the ark. And one of the people that had the ark, they opened up that 
ark, the holy presence of God and the very holy presence of God absolutely destroyed everybody that looked upon this holy ark and the holy presence of God. And then this this man named David, this king that wants to bring the ark back to the children of Israel. They brought it on an ox cart and it began to wobble. And a man that put his hand on this holy ark, representing the holiness, the holy presence of God, was smitten dead because he was not ready to handle God's holiness. He did it incorrectly. And then you read in the New Testament, we talked about this last week, about some individuals like Ananias and Sapphira, who in an offering time, it was a time to, you know, basically, you know, you get that little envelope and you could put the your check in there, you could put your, your cash in there and you could write on there if, if it's tithes, if it's offerings, are you giving it to missions, are you giving it to a particular offering, etc. And they wrote that this amount of money that is in this envelope given to the church was for the sale of a piece of land. And it is the entire amount that they got from the sale of that land. And they put it in the offering plate and said, look, this, we sold the land for this much money and we're giving you a hundred percent of it. And when they did that, the Bible said they lied not to man, but they lied to a holy God and Ananias dropped dead in church. And then his wife was a late arrival to church and she lied about the same thing. And she dropped dead in church. There's a man named Herod, like we talked about last week, who began as people began to give praises to him and not giving praise to God. And this holy God smote this man with worms and he dropped dead in the New Testament church. And then you have what we call communion, the Lord's body, when they would break the bread and they would drink the wine and this sacred moment, the Bible says there was people that were not discerning the Lord's body how holy this redemptive thing is, how holy this redemptive blood of Jesus, how holy this redemptive body of Christ. And because they were so casual with it and they ate it, some fell sick and some died, all because of this holy God, this holy word that we read about. And this is simply the thought I want to convey to you, and I'm about just about done is that when we read all these instances and you look at your own life personally, ask yourself, have you done worse than they? Have you done worse than skipping church on Sunday and working? Have you done, all that guy did was pick up sticks on the Lord's day and God dropped them. Or God said, people, you are to, to, to stone this man to death. And that was his consequence. Has anyone ever done anything worse than pick up sticks on the Lord's Day? <laughs> and and maybe not necessarily you have to raise hand because it's not confessional booth time or anything like that. But I just want you to think about this. Have you ever done anything worse than just talk back to your mom and dad? Think about that. Here's this holy God. That will not put up or tolerate with anything unholy. And time after time, the judgment of God came down upon unholy acts. Has any of us ever, you know, been deceptive during tithes and offering or not participated in tithes and offering? Has anybody, you know, casually taken part of communion before? Think about these things. 
And these people in the Bible, in the days of the law, and even in the days of grace, they fell dead. But there is a people that I'm looking at right now that, you know, I know a little bit about some of your stories and you know a little bit about my story. We have done far worse than those things. And yet we still have breath in our lungs. We are still permitted to be in the presence of a holy God. This boggles my mind that a holy God that cannot stand that which is wicked would permit and allow us to come before his holy presence. The Bible says that no man has seen God and lived. And yet this God says, I will live in you. Think about that. People that have never seen God. And now you as a sinner, as an immoral agent, as a backslidden individual, as someone that has fallen so short of God's glory. God says, I will live in you. I will dwell in you. What an amazing thought. What an amazing God who is holy would want to live inside something that is unholy. When we talk about that word holiness, that word holy, which is that which is set apart, that which is sacred, that which is pure. God is pure and he wants to do what he's never done before. And that is to pour out his Holy Spirit upon an unholy people and holy, this pure perfect spirit. Think of it this way. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is pure. What it is, it is a filter for you. Everything that is impure about you, everything that has fallen so short of God's perfection and God's holiness, you now have a purifier inside of you. You now have an holy agent inside of you that will purify and cleanse and refine and he'll try you and he'll work on you and he'll make something. Look, I know when we first come to church and we pray and we ask God to forgive us and we turn from our sins, we don't have everything perfect, but God is still willing to fill a repentant heart with the Holy Ghost because what he's putting inside of you is a purifier. He's putting holiness inside of you. And so as you continue to make that day to day effort to serve God, God daily purifies that which is impure. We are fallen, impure, imperfect flesh. But as long as you have a decided heart to say, God, I know I'm messed up right now. God, I know I'm impure right now, but I want a filter change. I want this carnal spirit out of me and I want the Holy Spirit spirit in me. And God says, I can purify you now. I can work with that now. I can transform you because of holiness. Would you lift your hands right now? Would you lift your voice right now? There is a holy God that is in this place right now. And he wants to purify that which is impure. He wants to cleanse that which is so far removed from God. Jesus, Jesus, come on, lift your voice. Jesus, 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 Jesus.
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> this is not necessarily about where you are. It's where God can take you. It's where God can place you. Because like we talked about why worship. It's not let everybody that has their life put together praise the Lord. It's not everybody that has their whole life figured out praise the Lord. It's not let everything that has all their I's dotted, their T's crossed praise the Lord. It's just simply let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. That's the only qualifier you need right now to reach out to God. And if you have breath and you give it to God. God will give you an exchange. God will take that impure, immoral agent out of you and he'll forgive you. He'll take that carnal spirit out and he'll put a Holy Spirit in there and it will clean that which we thought never could be cleaned. One of the reasons why the devil fights holiness so hard is because you get to experience something at a whole nother level he never got to experience. All all that happened with the devil is he got lifted up with pride. And God kicked him out of heaven. Pride putting him above God, his will above God, thinking his, his ways are superior to God. And God kicked him out. Anyone ever struggled with pride before? Everyone liked your way more than God's way before? All of us. All of us have had some element of pride inside of us. And this devil who was a holy angel around a holy God giving holy praises was thrown down from heaven and he was the epitome of unholiness. And unholiness wants to fight holiness because God lets you taste something the devil can never taste and that is forgiveness. Holiness is God's extension of forgiveness that God would forgive the unforgivable. That God, that the very first sin was unforgivable. But God says, I'll make a way to forgive the unforgivable. I'll do it through my holiness. I'll put my spirit inside of them. And I can refine them. And I can purify them. Let's stand together. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus loves you. His holy name, his holy presence, his holy blood is not to make you feel like a pathetic idiot that doesn't deserve diddly squat. It is to try to show you how much he cares about you. Because holiness, remember the word sanctify, it is to try, it is to, to make pure, it is to purify you. And if God didn't want to purify you, he would have never offered you his Holy Spirit. He would have never offered to come back to this earth and all of a sudden take on the form of a man, humble himself, and be made subject unto death. And overcome death, hell, and the grave. But because Jesus loves you, he's given you his Holy Spirit. I wonder if my wife can come and play the piano. Just some soft music. It doesn't matter what song.
But I would like us to gather around this altar together as a united group of people, as a church, as a family, as a body. I would encourage everybody to come. I, I would ask nobody to stay back, please. I know I can't force anybody to do anything, but I would ask you to be respectful of that, please. Jesus is here, and he loves you very much. Think about all the people in the Bible that died because they fell short of God's glory and God's holiness. And we look around, we all know that we've done things worse. We've said worse things to our parents than some of these guys in the Bible said. We've done some things that legitimately deserve we, we deserve to be locked up for a long, long time. In fact, forget just the laws of the land. We, we deserved for the pit. The, there, was, there was a scene in the Bible in the days of Moses where people rose up against, against spiritual leadership and the earth opened up and swallowed them. I mean, at some point in your life, you probably piped up against spiritual leadership and had a rebellious spirit about you. But here we are, here we are on this side of the earth's crust still. <laughs> Thank God for that. People that have done far less worse than we've done. People that have never tasted the, blood, the, 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 the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ and been forgiven, filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and they messed up. But then God has given us the Holy Ghost, and we've messed up, and we've, we've strayed away at times. I, I, I am a prodigal child. I am someone that tasted of this truth and tasted the sweet presence of God. And walked away for years. That's far worse than anybody that walked away from God that never tasted the grace of God. And I tasted the grace and walked away. And yet Jesus says, I'll still take that carnal spirit and I'll give you a refilling of my Holy Spirit. And I will purify everything inside of you that's impure. That's the love of God. Holiness is the love of God. Holiness is God's willingness to give you forgiveness. Holiness is the loving kindness of God. And is there anybody here right now that would like that holy fire of God to change out a filter right now? God wants there to be a filter change right now. God wants to purify somebody right now. Come on, you don't, you don't have to be condemned right now. There's grace in this place right now. There's mercy. Holiness is not judgment. Holiness is God's willingness to offer you forgiveness right now. Would you lift your voice in the name of the Lord Jesus? That's it. There's mercy in this place because there's a holy God. There's grace in this place because there's a holy God. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my mistakes. I'm sorry for messing up. I ask that you would create in me a clean heart. I pray you renew a right spirit within me, Jesus. That's it. The mercy of God is here.